Hello, friends. Jim Nance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he yes. He's done it! Whoa! In your life! I don't know how you get much better than this. Heartbeat just went up 50 notches there, I think. Struck it nicely. Green Jacket is going north of the border. Celebration now. They've saved it for the perfect stage. Wow, that was loud. Still is. Welcome inside episode six of the Pelt Pod. This week we celebrate a first-time PGA Tour winner. Welcome in the season's second major. Talk Ontario lockdown and catch up with a man known for his behind-the-scenes magic on some of golf's grandest stages. It's episode six, and it starts right now. Welcome back, week six of the Pelt Pod. Jamie Wilson, Jacob Bishop, Ben Whiteside. We are back, and we are excited. Physically, though, feeling a little bit sore going into this week. Bodies are hurting. They were put through the ringer. Um, the Pelt Pod team fought a little bit of a war this past weekend, commanded by our lieutenant, Jacob Bishop. And uh, you were running a full-blown construction site. The Backyard Putting Green has a big update. Run us through it. What work? You know, you got to have a team. And you had a damn good team this weekend. And we uh, we slugged, you know, about six yards of stone into the backyard to, to get the base down for the putting green. We put up the retaining wall. Couldn't be prouder of the group. You know, I can see them battling right now. They're sore. Jamie was on the foam roller a little earlier just trying to get some of the those uh, those kinks out from wheel in the wheelbarrows and shuffling. But, yeah, you know, it's fortunate that we get to build this and, and spend some time, you know, building this putting green together. But the real rush and urgency of it is because of the unfortunate events here in Ontario that's happening right now. And, you know, we want to get a tee time. We want to hit some shots. And it's we're unable to do that right now. So I got to toss it over to Jamie. He's a little sore over there. Yeah, I'm definitely a little bit sore. Uh, this is like my Jordan flu game here. I'm going to give it give it my all. And, uh, yeah, it was great to be great to be a part of the, uh, the project and help out in any way I can. But, uh, yeah, we're going to grind our way through this episode. Mentally, you're still sharp, though. Very, uh, very. So what would you say, Bish? The putting green probably 70% of the way done. This For weekend, sure, yeah. uh, all the base is done. Stone has been moved. You've started to tamp things. So when would you say timeline? A few weeks um, until there's flags put in and there's shots being hit? What would you say? Hopeful to say like a week and a half, but I'm going to go more on two and a half. <laughs> depending on your labor force. Uh, yeah. Under promise, over deliver. That's, that's what I think I'm going to have to do here but no we're excited and it just looked terrible for the last few few days just digging out all the dirt but now after this weekend you see the project come to life and so it's exciting and also boys uh exciting front on the uh, pelt pod here we have uh, our first shirt release dropping this week exciting times here this shirt is in support of employees in ontario who work in the golf industry for their lost wages throughout this covid pandemic check us out on social at pelt pod and uh, we'll keep you up to date there. Coming into week six, another tough lockdown update. These just find a way to get tougher every single week. We have a friend of the podcast that has joined us here, Robbie Oliver. He's the director of golf at Soggy and Golf Club, tuning in from Bruce County, Ontario. You have been in close discussions with our team over the last few weeks. Robbie, we've just been sharing kind of the excitement and uh kind of the the storm of emotions that are going on but I will just leave it to you we're, we're hungry for your perspective from the front line coming off the Doug Ford announcement 
I know what happens. You know, they pick up another buddy, two or three, they go out, go golf, and then there's nothing wrong with, with, with golfing. Problem is the mobility. Then after golf, they go back, they have a few pops. That, that's the problem. Um, so that, that's, that's the issue. How are you hanging in? What's your perspective? And kind of where do we go from here over the next couple of weeks? Well, honestly, right back to the start of the lockdown, like it's been an emotional roller coaster. Our opening day was actually the day after uh, the lockdown got put in place. Mm. So we worked all like probably two weeks putting in the prep work, getting ready to basically have mm -hmm. a safe golf season with everything that worked last year, only improving every area that we could. And now we get told golf's not safe. And just the measures that those guys put in place, it just makes no sense in my mind at all. And every golfer's mind, like mm -hmm. this week when he said, golf isn't the problem, but it's the pops afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then I see like Trinity Bellwoods Park, the social circles, and there's 300 people there. And you can't tell me that all of them are enjoying pops. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. They're enjoying pops. I mean, yeah, there's some golf golf course beverages that might take place during the round, but it's not like people are hanging around the clubhouse afterwards. I mean, you, I know you guys have protocols in place that you've put over the last year that have been successful. Yeah, so basically we, we only allow golfers to show up 30 minutes before. If you're more than 30 minutes before, you have to stay in your car. We recommend mm -hmm. that you don't carpool together. We'd rather the transmissions stay away from each other. This year, an added measure from the Gulf Ontario and all the golf, we are golf sectors, you actually have to wear masks in the carts. So they put in even more preventable measures wow. from last year, which we've had such a successful season last year. We are set yeah. up for it. You guys go through all that work to set in these measures that have been proven to be successful from last year. And you guys are doing everything right and your team's doing it right. And then you go out and you get the golf course, I mean, over the last few weeks, just, just immaculate condition. And then these news break out, which unfortunately canceled a very important event that was that you're hosting at Saugeen Golf Club now that's been deferred to potentially next year. Can you tell us a little bit about that next-gen event? Yeah, so we are to be hosting the Golf Canada Ontario next-gen event. It is the best kids from all over Ontario, Canada. Uh, it would have been a huge event for the community. Like Saugeen Shores is a community of 15,000 people which the community just embraces every one of these big events. Mm -hmm. So not only to the golf course, it was a shot, but like to the whole community, it was, it was tough to deal with for mm -hmm. sure. We, yeah. So we always talk about kind of growing the game here um, on our podcast. And obviously with hosting that event, you're kind of going down the same road. So what do you say to younger players out there who are potentially playing in this event? Like, how do you feel for them? Like, what would you say to Doug Ford? about younger players out there he's not doing any any benefit to anyone right now he's not protecting anyone's uh, mental health mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. these kids have worked all winter long with their coaches which they are working together inside mm -hmm. and now you can't go outside and do everything that you were doing inside in the winter mm -hmm. just makes no sense to me we are actually supposed to be hosting uh, the whole team ontario team at Saugeen this weekend and I was looking forward to just seeing how much talent that there is for sure. just in Ontario alone. Like, it was insane. We had the Ontario Junior uh, Boys Championship last year. Like, it's an eye-opener seeing how talented these kids are. Mm -hmm. So I definitely feel for them. And they need to definitely stay positive and do some trick shots in the backyard and just get creative <laughs> yeah. and find something to do. What are you guys doing 
specifically at Saugeen um, that maybe your members or the people in the community can kind of um, help out? Like, do you have takeout going on? Is there any, any specifics with the golf shop, anything like that? Uh, the golf shop is doing curbside pickup, okay. which our membership is phenomenal. They support us in any way they can. Even, like, members, they tend to our gardens. Like, they are our gardeners. Wow. So each member, basically, there's a member group for each hole, and they tend to the gardens on each hole. Wow, like that's this, incredible. Yeah, so they support this club like no tomorrow. So they still are to this day, and it's it's fantastic to see. Mm-hmm. We interviewed, as, as you know, Russell Budd in, in week three, and he talked about he, he talked about just how much the players in, enjoy getting to Saugeen Golf Club and w- the treatment that you guys gave them when when Toronto Players Tour got there. So it seems like that it's, it's buzzing up in, in uh, Bruce County, and that you've got a great membership there, and it seems like there's a whole community. But how things on takeout? Are you, are you still doing curbside pickup for food? Are you, are you running anything special on that end? We just leased out our food and beverage. So actually a bar in town, the Wismer House. Yep. And uh, they also do three sheets brewing. They are now running our food and op- food and beverage operation called Gimme's on the Green. So for them, I feel for them because they put in a lot of money making improvements to the food and beverage. And now they're dealt with another blow that they couldn't yeah. open. So they are working towards getting that set up, but... Mm-hmm. It'll it'll happen shortly here. And actually, on that note too, uh, three sheets brewing. We actually came out with a Saugeen exclusive beer that we're very excited to uh, market to the public when cool. we get to open. It's called Another Round by Three Sheets. Got a cool looking can. It uh, actually tastes phenomenal. We'll be looking. We'll be looking mm-hmm. forward I'll, to. Uh, I'll be looking to taste a out. couple of those <laughs> yeah. when I get up to up Highway 21 here to Saugeen this summer. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I'm sure I could send you boys a few before then. But <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely come on up. It wouldn't go to waste. I can promise you that. It, it, Robbie, any any last comments? If, if you had, you know, if you could sum it up to two, three sentences of your message right now to to kind of change the kind of change the theme and, and get some more positive vibes and, and to perhaps open up here. Golf is safe. We are going to do everything we can. We are mm-hmm. all in this together to make this work. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege, not a right to play golf. Mm-hmm. And when we do get open, everyone's going to be so happy just to be outside, even if it's five degrees and raining. I think it's just going to be fantastic when we get open. And another side note, people, golf courses haven't been played for a month, so every single course is going to be fantastic when they open. Mm-hmm just pristine conditions right off the hop so that's what i'm most looking forward to well thank you so much robbie even that little tidbit is isn't it might be enough to get us through the the next couple weeks (laughs) here but on behalf of um uh, our team and and so many others out there just a just a huge thank you to you your team um there's so much effort that's going into the last couple months and although it's so behind the scenes you know they're there is thousands strong out there that are also right there with you, and um, we appreciate you, and it was great to end on a bit of a high note, so thank you. It was a pleasure to be on, guys. Continued success, and I look forward to following along. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, no Robbie. Worries, guys. Cheers. So that is the latest on the Ontario Golf Lockdown update. Hopefully, come June 2nd, we get some great news, and we are back. But until then, a couple more weeks at home. Some headlines from the world of golf, starting with the PGA Tour this past weekend, the AT&T Byron Nelson in Dallas. I know Jacob and Jamie were tuned in, kind of watching the finish. Jacob, what happened? Well, this week, TPC Craig Ranch, it was a birdie fest out there. 
right from the get-go. And the, I mean, they, Jamie, we were talking about this a little earlier. They had ball in hand to, to start the first round, so we saw some really low scores. And we had a first-time PGA Tour win this, this week, which is always exciting. K.H. Lee, he shoots minus 25 for four rounds of golf, gets the three-stroke win, and uh, and punches his ticket into 29th place on the FedEx Cup, which if he finishes it now, Jamie, he, he's getting into the BMW Championship if he finishes at 29th at this time. But he gets a two-year exemption now. So this is a huge monumental when you get your first win on the PGA Tour and what that does to solidify you out there on the course. So it, w- it was great to see. Um, it's always great to see first-time winners, and, and especially, Jamie, after the round. Yeah, before I even get to that, I just want to ask you guys a question. Do you guys like tournaments where 25 under is winning it, or are you kind of like even you like when even par is a good score i would say the latter i kind of like the i'm with you the gladiator type feel i i I like that too because i think at a a golf course like tpc craig ranch i mean they're just bombing it out there Mm -hmm. right and then it becomes this just this this bomb and gouge yeah yeah they're they're birdie fast i just i I love to see blood sweat and tears exactly when you carnage yeah yeah, i mean it i think there's a fair balance between the two I don't like seeing people just get, you know, players just get wrecked out there and, and where you could be playing, you know, great golf all day and you hit it two feet on one hole and it costs you a few shots. I mean, yeah, I, I can see where it, it's kind of neat where you have to golf your ball all yep. 18 holes, but I, I think it's got to be fair. Yep, and I'm with I, I like that, but I do like more of a gouge than seeing someone just walk away. I mean, I and I think... You know, we see that on the LPGA Tour. There's a lot of golf where it's negative 20-something that, that wins. So I would love to see out there just a little bit more just gouge. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just kind of going back to what you were saying before, after uh, KH Lee um, tapped in for the, the birdie on the last hole. Emotional scene. A very emotional scene. Um, KJ Choi was sticking around um, to see him come in. And, obviously, uh, KJ Choi is – been a mentor for all these Korean players out there. Um, a lot of us in Canada can even relate with Mike Weir, right? We we grew mm-hmm. up in that era, and Mike was kind of the guy. So I think it kind of translates over to Korea, and that's for who sure. that's who um, KJ Choi is to them. But and you see the respect. I mean, KH Lee walks over and he does his little bow to KJ, which is just just the respect factor mm-hmm. that they have. And, and obviously you can see right there that he was an idol of his, right? Growing mm-hmm. up and the impact that KJ must have just had on KH Lee's, you know, grow, growing, you know, closer to the game. So Yeah, really, really cool scene. Um, you happened to see his interview after the round, KH Lee? Yeah, you know what? It was awesome. If you didn't catch KH Lee's um interview after the round and you, you know you see the typical one i mean we were great to see it this year we spoke about it on the pod at augusta um you know with, with hideki and in his translator and how it was just you know back and forth and and you didn't get as much out of the you know, of an answer as that what you wanted right from the from the question that was asked well really nice to see k h lee really try to speak english and you know his, his the first question he was asked, he answered in English by, by himself. And then the second question asked, he had to use his translator. But then the third question, it was all by himself. And, he, you know, at the ending comments, he said how he really wants to learn English. And, you know, you kind of get that little bit of, um, I don't want to say added respect, but it, it's just nice to hear their voice, right? Yeah. And, and, and then, and yeah, it, it keeps you glued to the TV. And even after the interview, interview too, 
um, him and his translator like hugged it out too because he was so proud of him yeah. for, yeah. for attempting it on his own and being successful at it too. It was, you know, his, his translator just <laughs> might not want K.H. Lee to, to learn English too quick because he might be out of a job pretty soon. <laughs> his best and coolest client is <laughs> yeah. gone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hard not to root for K.H. Lee, I think. Um, impressive stuff all around and you know impressive stuff again and we cannot say you know sam burns finishing one first last week it's a second place finish here here at the at&t byron nelson and he, he walks away from the two weeks is you know kind of a little bit dissatisfied because he was that close to getting you know going back to back this week but that pot on 18 would have been a what a five-way tie for second place and he got into solo second. Got yep. into solo second. Jamie and I were we were we were comparing comparing the math on that. And second place uh, wins eight hundred, and I believe it was like eight eighty two or something. Eight hundred eighty two thousand. T three three hundred and ninety one thousand. That spread is incredible. <laughs> it's like he stole ninety grand out of each one of their pockets with that last <laughs> putt. So really, you know, great great playing by Sam. Obviously, you know, it's not money. Just at the end of the day, he's playing for wins. In other interesting news around uh, the world of golf, we saw the USGA give Phil Mickelson a special exemption into the U.S. Open. Obviously, Phil has been a six-time runner-up in this event, so it'll be interesting to see how he fares this year. We kind of saw this with Ricky Fowler getting a special exemption into the PGA. And speaking of PGA, boys, it's uh, PGA Championship week. It is a major week. We are back at Kiowa. We're in, we were last there in 2012 when Rory McIlroy stole the show. So it's, it's exciting. It's a big stage. We got that extra little pep in our step this week. It is major week. You know, that coffee tastes better in the morning you're eager to look at your pga tour app it's that type all your of fantasy pools absolutely we're excited i can't wait to, to to see another major this week um any feelings around a special someone this week that's eh. gonna run away with it or no anything speaking to you well i've got first first pick this week we, so i won't steal it we, i mean Oh, let's hold up here, boys. We got to get to results first before we uh, tackle picks for the PGA. So uh, starting in third place from this past week, we had Ben Whiteside. Unfortunately, he had Ricky Fowler and Cole Hammer both missed the cut. Took the weekend off. At minus five. In second place was myself. I had Will Zalatoris, T17, and Vincent Whaley, T26. And taking home first place... With the local boy Jordan Spieth, Jacob Bishop. Jordan Spieth finished T9 and Ryan Armour T26. Bishop, the T is yours. Well, the T is going right back to Jordan. I'm taking Jordan in this week again. Wow. I don't know if that's frowned upon to, to go back to back, but I do have the T. We'll let it slide. And I'm feeling really good against but Jordan's game. I, I just... He's a major champion. He's been there. He's won majors before, but he's my pick for uh, for this week, and and my uh, my sleeper this week is gonna be Dylan Fratelli. Since you left uh, Rory on the board for me, I'm gonna go ahead and take Rory McIlroy as my main pick. He's uh, fresh off a win, and he won last time. This tournament was was at Kiowa Island, so uh, I'm gonna go with Rory, and my sleeper this week. I'm going to go with JT Poston. I have no statistical data to back up this pick, <laughs> but this is, a gut, this is a gut feel. It's from the heart. Your 2021 PGA champion will be Xander 
Shoffley. And I got a sleeper of HV3, Harold Varner III. Keep an eye out for him. Jamie, very good pick with Rory. He did happen to win at Kiowa Island back in 2012 with an eight-shot victory. So it's it's tough to pass up on him, but that just shows how good of a feeling I have with Jordan this week. But picks are in, locked and loaded for the 103rd PGA Championship at Kiowa Island. Like any major, it's going to be a test of golf, and we're excited for it here on the Pelt Pod. We are excited. Additionally, some tough news coming out of the NCAA women's golf world, and that was in Baton Rouge. There was a regional tournament that was canceled, and um, as we were just uh, discussing amongst the three of us, that was the potentially the last time a lot of those seniors were going to play. So this heartbreaking, uh, really, that's what it is. It was devastating. Um, Mm -hmm. That's come out of this past weekend. This tournament, rather, has been canceled. And Jamie, he's going to get into why. But there is a silver lining coming out of this, and that is Barstool Sports and their initiative that they're taking. But Jamie, kind of walk us through what actually happened on site, the issue with the golf course, and what led to the decision to pull the plug. Yeah, so initially an NCAA representative came down and this video, I saw it on Twitter. Um, He comes out and announces to all the players, the course is playable, but not at a championship level. Therefore, we cannot play the tournament. So, yeah, it's it's obviously, like you said, some people's last tournament um, in their careers. So it's definitely hard to see that and a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and you know what? Colton knows. I saw he tweeted it. What is championship conditions? Well, that's the thing, right? It's such a relative term. Exactly. So when you get the toughest news that you may have ever gotten in your golfing career, and it's just so vague, Mm -hmm. right? It's like what we're dealing with in Ontario here. The stats just don't line up. But super disappointing. And and if if you turn to the other side of this and just say, if this happened to be the men, would this have happened? It's definitely a fair question to ask, right? Um, We kind of saw it back at the NCAA with the whole weight room thing um, with the basketball tournament from the men's to the women's. Absolutely. So it's definitely a valid question to ask. Um, Basically what came out of this is because not a shot was hit in the tournament, um, the top six teams automatically advanced to the NCAA championship. Um kind of a little side note too is that LSU happened to be one of those um, (laughs) top six teams where the regional was taking place so who knows if that played a factor at all but for sure it's uh we saw some positive coming out of this story so uh Bishop I'll let you take it away from there yeah I mean um if you're on the in the Twitter world and like like we we like to like to be or social media for that matter, it was quick to see Barstool hop on this opportunity and you see him hop on a lot. Um, but specifically here in the golf world. So Riggs from Barstool um, hopped on and he basically said, I, I don't want to see them end their careers like that for so for all those other teams that didn't advance um, through the regional uh, qualifier. Barstool Sports is going to host a host a tournament for those other teams. So uh, the green light came Friday morning. And they're going to host a Let Them Play Classic, which is going to be a 36-hole tournament slated for Thursday and Friday at Whirlwind Golf Clubs, the Cattell and Devil's Claw courses in Chandler, Arizona. So pretty neat to to basically have these girls come out and play, but that's not cheap. 
and Barstool is trying to foot the bill here. So they have, they've been doing it through sponsorship. They're doing it through merch sales. So they do have, if you happen to see the let them play t-shirt and swag out in cool. their shop. So a hundred percent of those net pre- proceeds from the sales are going to be used to fund the travel expenses for the golfers and staff attending the ladies tournament. So pretty neat little way how Barstool just picks up on, uh, on this loss and, and runs with it and at least gives some of these girls who may have been their last tournament, just that extra little tournament to have their competitive juices firing and they might you know they're going to get some some decent exposure through barstool i'm sure because of the content that they do it's going to be uh it's going to be at the forefront yeah um i don't have too much more on that basically i just think how they can spin a negative into a positive i mean almost instantly is is a testament to them and their team so yeah i I uh, nothing but tip my cap to them golf claps all around And just around the corner, we are going into kind of a a different area of the golfing world this week. We're exiting golf pros. We're exiting that circuit. And we are entering the show business. We're entering show business. (laughs) Live television production. Benjamin, how are you excited for this week's guest? Jamie Jamie Riddell. Such a great mind. And what a great chat we had with him. He was so gracious with his time. Jamie Riddell is joining us right around the corner. He is one of the main guys in the chair. One of the the, uh, mainstay producers at TSN. And he's been there for a quarter century. Coming up on his 25th year. And um, just uh, a part of his journey with TSN, he is really the guy that has been um, in charge of golf. So any any event that TSN has done, the Masters, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, any coverage really to do with golf and TSN, he has been the mind behind it. So what an interesting chat to have with him. Um, great, great to just hear his thoughts and get a small peek inside that world. But uh, what a great guy. What a cool mind. Yeah, really cool to uh, take a look behind the scenes at at what he does on a day-to-day basis. And uh, also a couple cool stories from Augusta. So uh, you're not going to want to miss this one. This week's guest on the Pelt Pod, one of the most respected minds in Canadian sports television. He's the man that's brought you productions like the Masters, the U.S. Open, PGA Championship, the CFL, and the Olympics. He's had a front row seat to some of the sports world's greatest moments. He's TSN veteran producer and one of the greatest guys in the business. Please welcome Jamie Rydell. I'm good, guys. How are you guys doing? Happy we, to be here. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. As we were just joking before we jump on, we're doing as well as one can in, right. in, exactly. in, to, in today's world. But we're so appreciative of you jumping on and giving us uh, some time. A lot of people in our world excited to hear from you. And awesome. uh, just for, for kind of our listeners out there, Jamie Rydell, you're a well-known name in the television world, especially in Canada. Uh, we were just talking 24 years with TSN as one of mm-hmm. the go-to guys in the chair, bringing us events like the Masters, the PGA Championship, some of the biggest events in the golf world. But before we get into kind of your role and your work and some of the stuff that's been at the forefront of, of a quarter century as that guy, let's go back to the beginning. Who is Jamie Rydell? Where did it all start kind of all with the question of 
where did this passion for television and production come into mm-hmm. things along the way? You know, growing up, I played a lot of sports first mm-hmm. and um, played baseball, basketball, football, hockey, everything, golf, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I always had the passion for sports and I always watched sports. You know, I grew up with my dad watching sports, my parents watching sports mm-hmm. and, um, you know, buddy, me and, me and friends of mine, we always, we always enjoyed you know, performing performances and storytelling and everything. So, you know, a friend of mine went into movies and, uh, and produced movies. And I, you know, kind of late in high school decided I wanted to do television. So mm-hmm. I, I, I went to Conestoga college for their broadcasting radio and television arts program. Mm-hmm. And in my last year, I was lucky enough to be chosen for a TSN internship. So, mm-hmm. That was 1996, which is really aging me. But, <laughs> so I, I think that's I a year after our there. producer Ben was born. <laughs> exactly. it's like, yeah, it's a long time ago. So it's you know I did my two month internship there um, and was hired um, April of '97 after I was done school. So wow. uh, I started in the newsroom, which mm. you know again I think is where everybody should start yeah. because. You know, when you start in a newsroom, you learn how to do things well, and you learn how to do things quickly and and with some urgency. Hmm. Um, so I, I did a few years there before I started doing feature stories um, for a bunch of years, and then hmm. you know, kind of ventured away from features into you know producing shows. Um, about I would say twenty four years. I would say probably fourteen years ago. And, you know, you know, especially with golf, I started, uh, my boss asked me to be the golf guy in 2002. So my first major championship was the 2002 U.S. Open at Bethpage, mm. uh, which Tiger won. Of course and he did. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was my, that was my kind of start with, with golf. And then it just, you know, grew from there. I, you know, we had a producer that went to the Masters before me mm. and then they decided to you know, he kind of moved into hockey and we, we kind of mm-hmm. merged all the golf under my window. So that's when I started. My first Masters was unfortunately the year after Mike Weir won oh, uh, in 04. But um, yeah, I've been major golf since then. Like it's a long, it's a long time. It's CFL for just a little bit less than that. But uh, yeah, it started in college. And I, again, I was lucky enough to get an internship at TSN and turned it into a job and now a career. And it's crazy. Like 24 years, it's it's nuts. And, uh, you know, here I am. I'm a producer at a major sports network. Happy, to, um, really happy about it. It's uh, I love my job. I love mm. sports love storytelling so it all works out nicely jamie you, you mentioned you had your first event there at, at augusta and that being the first golf event how different was that covering a golf event compared to events you've covered in the past so it was it was all four but um before i started doing events like golf events i was made mostly doing features and interviews so it was mm-hmm. a lot of it was a lot of i was doing interviews i would you know setups and lighting and you know help i worked with a camera crew but you know, you're you're worried about what the shot looks like and everything. When you're at a live event, you're worried about telling the right stories. Yeah. So that's kind of how it, how it kind of shifts away from that. You're trying to tell a story in an interview, but when you're at an event, you're trying to cover an event. And you know, for us, we're a smaller little group than the host broadcasters that are there. You know, we have myself and we have Bob Weeks, 
and we have a host and we have a camera or maybe two ENG cameras to shoot everything. So it's more of, it's more of getting my people where they need to be, make sure we're gathering all the proper interviews with Canadians, with uh, leaders and everything and make sure we're getting all the necessary video that we need for, for not only highlights, because, you know, as we know, Canadians aren't always shown if they're not in contention at golf tournaments. So for sure. So we're out there following Mike, you know, at the beginning it was following Mike and following Stephen Ames and, and those guys that it was mainly Mike and Stephen in those days at majors. And then, you know, you had your hand, you had your guys like John Mills who had a, had a couple here and there, mm-hmm. but uh, that's, that's kind of the shift from doing feature work to doing live producing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when, and then you get into now I'm into the chair and we're producing four hours of bonus coverage before the actual, coverage starts you know we're taking the feeds that augusta provides us for masters specifically and making a show about it and making sure we're telling the right again telling the right stories producing the right type of content um it's a it's it's a it's an undertaking like i basically so we you know once i finish the cfl season it's like full-on you know we're kind of doing golf stuff all year but you know once it's once it's done it's full-on prep to make sure we got the right we want to tell the right stories and all the right research for, for Augusta for the following April. So it's a, it's a full, especially for Augusta because that's our major production. Yeah. And April you know, comes US quick. The U.S. Open, PJ and Open, we, and it does. Once the year turns, it comes quick. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, for the other majors, we do our, we do a little bit less because we don't actually do actual live, sh- live shows mm-hmm. at all. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of prep work. Mm-hmm. Um, in our job as a producer and it's it's it but it's necessary it's tedious at sometimes but it's yeah. necessary i, I w- like the research part though so yeah. i was just i was just that's a perfect segue into this because i was just going to touch on the fact that your schedule is so crazy and really at the heart of it you got to show up at some of the biggest events in the sporting world in this case it's the golf world you're on the biggest stages. You have the ultimate pressure on you and your team to spit out the best product to mm-hmm. us sitting here taking it in. How do you deal with the other side of really your job, which is the management of personalities? You're in this vortex that is so mm-hmm. high pressure, so high pace. You're dealing with talent. You're dealing with guys running cable. You're dealing with all these kind of different talented folks. How do you go about a approaching it as a leader going, wow, not only do I have to put out a product, I got to manage these personalities every second mm-hmm. through this. You know, I'm, I'm a guy, I, I'm not a panicker mm-hmm. when I'm producing or when I'm in a chair. So, you know, you know, I'm able to stay even keel. I'm pretty, I'm very, I'm pretty organized guy. So, you know, every day. So for example, when we're at the masters, we kind of just have a quick little chat with the guys that I need who are going to get me stuff. I said, okay, we need this, this, and this. I need you back at this time, mm-hmm. especially at Augusta where you can't, you know, the other majors, you can have cell phones out there, but at Augusta, you cannot have a cell phone on the golf course. Wow. So it's impossible for me to communicate with my people. So it's a matter like I've been doing it with the same people for so many years that we just trust each other. So I trust that they're going to come back with stuff and it's, it's hard at the, at Augusta especially, but mm-hmm. you know, you just got to be organized. You, you really do. You got to have a plan in your head and you got to be able to communicate with people. Well, that- at TSN, I'm fortunate to work with great talent. Mm. You know, 
we, everybody said, you know, you always hear sometimes talent isn't the greatest to deal with. Well, the people that I deal with are great hmm. and they're, they'll do whatever, they'll do whatever they want. They all, we all have a goal to put out the best product to Canadians, whether it's, you know, our shows or it's a sports center hit or it's digital content or it's social content. Cause that's what we have to think about now. It's not just one, you know, it used to be just sports center. Now <laughs> yeah. it's sports center. It's digital. It's social. Yeah. Like it's, you got to hit on everything because you got to reach this content to as many people as possible and people consume yeah. differently than they did when I first started in the business. So it's, it's, it's really, it's even more, you have to be even more organized, but our guys all buy in. Like Bob Lewis is one of the greatest people in the world. Hmm. He, he always does whatever we need. He doesn't complain. James Duffy, like James Duffy, for, like he is, he's at the level of a Bob Costas of Joe Buck and all those guys. He's that guy in Canada yep. and yeah. he is the most down to earth guy in the world. He's a friend. He's the guy and, on the left, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like he, 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 he texts, he texts me and calls me all the, we, we talk all the time. Yeah. You know, I don't know what those guys do, hmm. Bob Costas and those guys, but you know, it's just when you have people that are willing to do which, you know, listen and you know, you have a rapport with them and they yeah. all, we all want to do good work. It's easy. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of being organized, being patient, yeah. knowing that if a mistake happens in live television, it's going to happen because it happens to everybody. Yeah. You all watch it is what it is, right? Yeah. You, right? You've got to roll. So you just it. move on and you don't panic. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's really easy to deal with our talent yeah. at TSN, honestly. So, so, Jamie, you've got great talent. You're obviously extremely organized, especially obviously at Augusta. Your organization has to be on point because if you can't communicate, you've got to organize all your thought process to your talented team so everything stays on a strict schedule. But speaking about that schedule, so for the, for the 99% of people who don't really know what's going into covering right. or producing a sport event, like down to the, the just a small details, how do you even begin to approach covering an event like the Masters? And can you kind of describe it that so even someone like – like Doug Ford's drinking buddies can understand. <laughs> good throwing, good throwing. Yeah, so, but, you know, we're, we're a smaller outfit. We don't actually produce the broadcast, but we do have our shows. So we have about, you know, when I go down to the Masters, we have a group of about 10 people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we're, we have to, between our two cameramen, our technical guys, our production manager, myself, we're – we have to, we get there on a, on a Monday, like we're, we're there, you know, we're at the golf course pretty much 12 hours a day for the week. Um, you know, the first few days, the lead ups. I, I know that's probably stressful for you, but that's a dream for us on the body. <laughs> spending 12 hours at Augusta. <laughs> I will never, Augusta, I love it. I haven't mm. never stopped loving going. Yeah. And I know what I'm getting into. I know it's going to be a 60 to 80 hour work week. Mm-hmm. But it's okay because you're at Augusta. Yeah. Um, they will have to rip that out of my hands <laughs> to give it up because I don't want to. I it's yeah. I, I never get tired of going there. Mm-hmm. But it's it's it, they're long days and especially the tournament days. But you know the preamble stuff. You know it's a little bit shorter days. But you know in those days we're testing equipment. Uh, we're, you know we most of our cables run, but we have you know you got to connect it here and there. We got to set up the lights. You have to. You know, you have to make sure our audio works. You're setting up mics, chairs, the set. They bring up flowers for us. We have to arrange them. Um, it's There's a lot that goes into it. It's, you know, you got to make sure you hear people and you got to make sure you see people. And, you know, now, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fiber cable that's going – 
from our set all the way to a satellite truck. And there's going to be things that get in the way of it. (laughs) And, you know, you got to troubleshoot these things. And so that when we're, when we're there on Thursday, ready to go live at 11 AM to Canada, Mm. that all those little technical issues are fixed. And so it's, you know, for everybody, like not only for me, who I'm, I'm overseeing content, but our technical people are doing, you know, our, our cameramen are not only shooting, shooting standups or B roll out on the course interviews. They're also helping set up the set. And we got the technical people that are making sure everything, you know, we can hear and see everything that we're getting, we're getting video back from, from Toronto so that we know what's going on in the show. It's a, it's a, it's an, it's an ordeal for 10 people. Like it's pretty, it's a pretty well-oiled machine that we got going there. And then if you're talking even like the main broadcast, Mm -hmm. like that's hundreds of people. And especially at the masters, like you wouldn't believe the compound, the TV compound, how many trucks are there. Mm -hmm. You know, Augusta puts every shot of every player on their website. Yeah. And that's shot by CBS and ESPN. Like, so they have a truck for almost each hole. Wow. So you have to, you know, and there's so much now with, especially now compared to what it was, it's, it's unbelievable how huge things are. There is, it's like a row of of production trucks and everyone in it has probably 20 to 25 people, 20 to 25, 30 people attached to it. Like it's, it's a lot of people to put, put on a, a golf broadcast. Which show, um, just goes to show you, though, it's just the viewer experience. They're just trying to get it better and better. You're always working to get better and better right. for every, every you know, production every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were always talking about kind of the Masters app and how that is so much better than the PGA Tour app just because oh, they're yeah. showing all the all the shots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. Like, it's, you know, we, you know when, we're, when we can't be out there with our cell phones, like I'm on the app, or I'm on my computer online and I want to know what Corey Connors is doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I just follow, we're following along. Especially when he, when he got the hole in one. Right? Do you yeah. hear the roar? <laughs> like, well, that's a, right. That's the thing. Like, you know, that, that, is, that, that highlights able to get to us because they're shooting everything mm-hmm. at, at Augusta at least. That's really cool. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how every tournament's going to be. We hope so. Because it's a, mm-hmm. we, you would, you hope so, but <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot to undertake that, but yeah. Augusta makes sure it happens. And, you know that's why it's that's why it's the masters they have mm-hmm. the unlimited funds and they know they know how to they know how to promote themselves Certainly. and you know for someone who can't be at the tv you can at least go and say okay i'm a jordan speed fan so mm-hmm. what's jordan doing on the first and you can watch you can watch his entire round mm-hmm. in 20 minutes mm-hmm. it's wow. amazing one thing I, I noticed even just kind of hearing the, the stories is Augusta is so different, whether it's how it's produced or whether it's the fact that you can't have cell phones on the ground. Right. Um, we see it even on social when you post your team that, you know, rents the house in Augusta, stays right. there. You guys are like family. Um, mm-hmm. Could you give us a little inside look at even some of the traditions maybe amongst that TSN family yeah. that happens? Because there's 12-hour days and then there's still these hours that you know we don't see where so many of the stories are really happening what are some of the traditions within your tsn family when you're down there yeah like when we're when we're there you know the one the one big thing and this is the one that's mostly on all of our social feeds of our team down there is Mm -hmm. um we we started a, a long time ago you know when we were a smaller little group um 
myself and my our one cam, our one eng cameraman our associate producer and even bob was involved as well you know we i, I started wearing shirts for days okay. so the one the one popular one that we have going right now is tang tuesday so okay. we came up with that ages ago so we all wear orange i love that and it's like so that so if you're if you're if you're on our feed you'll see we have a photo we, of that that's right okay well there you go so like we yeah we all now and now so now it's large so now our production manager nicole who comes down with us now because we just have so much to do these days you know she makes sure everybody's got a tang shirt for tuesday so you know i used to wear salmon saturday uh we used to do uh black friday and we used to do we called it sunday bloody sunday for tiger red um on sunday so like i, I we kind of had but we've kind of got I've, we've gone away from that and it's mostly just tang tuesday now um so that's that's the big that's the popular one and it's it's funny because the golf world is a, the golf media business is small. Yes. Really. Mm-hmm. And it's the same people there all year. And we have some great friends that I've met from golf channel, ESPN and everything. Mm-hmm. And they all know, they all know the day <laughs> and they want, they look at us and they go, you guys look like idiots, <laughs> but we don't care. And it's just, you know, we, the camaraderie of the work. team, right? Like we, we have a good team and for the most part, it's the same people that go down. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, cameramen change and analysts change. You know, Graham Delette's been our guy for the last couple of years. He's a great dude, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just such a down to earth guy. Mm-hmm. He's a good, good, good analysis, and he's just a good guy to hang around. And David Hearn was the same way. And Brad Fritch is the same way. And mm-hmm. and it's it's just and way back, Jim Nelford. Like they're just regular people, and they they just kind of you know just meld into our culture and. Um, being able to just like hang out with us like it's a long day and then at the end of the night we you know lately with covid we just cook at our house that's right which has become great so mm-hmm. you know we mm-hmm. you know like grand grand is an unreal i don't know if you follow him on twitter you should if you like uh, smoking <laughs> yeah. meat like yeah. it's unbelievable his what he puts together that's awesome um, i was gonna say so, like, who cooks have, when you're down there <laughs> it's all it's a, it's a combination of everyone so you know like we had a one of our camera, our cameraman this time, Fred Mislachuk, he's from mm. Winnipeg. And he's just like, he's the guy that hosts. Like I've worked with him on other properties too, at Great Cups and curling events. And, you know, if you go to have a drink in his room, he'll have like a charcuterie board or whatever. <laughs> like he just, he never sits down. He just goes, you need another beer? Yeah, okay, grab it. And so he was doing a lot of the cooking and Nicole did a lot of the cooking, our production manager. Uh, I would help out. Weeks he did, like we all kind of take our, take our turns and it's kind of like become the tradition the last two years because we can't go out because we're in our bubble so it's like our family bubble but like now we've been it's 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 funny because we can't go out so we just have have drinks you know we have drinks after the rounds and we sit we will have like i don't know if you guys ever played the card game 31 no not a lot of people have no no to my pleasant surprise graham delette did play that game and i did as a kid because my parents and my family love cards Okay. And I'd never heard anybody that knew this game before, besides me. Instant bond. <laughs> and so, like right away, so now we now we're teaching everybody in the house. So now we got a ten person game, ten person game of thirty one going every night, and you know it's just talking and you know, last, 
the pool the pool is actually open at our place this time so we're like out there in the, in the pool like just swimming out at a good time <laughs> having a few drinks getting ready for the next day because you gotta unwind somehow yeah oh, no. there's got to be a glamorous side to show business somewhere <laughs> work hard play hard sometimes. exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly i think we are going to jump in jamie and jacob uh, are going to lead you through rapid fire which Ooh, are basically right. just first thing that comes to mind spit it out and we will dive in your favorite golf course in Canada? I would say Cabot Links. Favorite golf course outside Canada? Augusta. Got it. I gotta go with Augusta. I, I was I was fortunate enough to play it. I won the media draw with uh, oh, our, man. and I got to play it with my buddy, who's also our associate producer, who we've been doing it together for years. Sean Cameron's is a puffy. We got to play together in 2010. It was unbelievable. Any golf superstitions? I have zero because my game's not good enough to have a superstition. <laughs> yes or no to music on the course then? Oh, absolutely music on the course. Absolutely, who's, hands down. Who's your favorite player? Uh, right now my favorite player is uh, Rory McIlroy because not only is he a great player, but he is also a great advocate for golf. He's so eloquent when he talks. And you know, how many, how many top players would be the Players Association Council president? There's not too many. And he is such an important figure for the continued development of the game. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a Rory fan. Who's winning a golf match? Bob Weeks or James Duthie? Well, that's a great question. James <laughs> is a really sneaky good golfer and so is Bob. They're both, either one's gonna kill me. <laughs> I would say James right now. Mm. Locked in. Favorite hockey he, team? Uh, Detroit Red Wings. Halfway house order. Halfway house order is generally a beer or two and usually a club mm -hmm. are you walking or riding when you play i would prefer to ride it's hard to hold the beers when you're when you're, <laughs> when you're walking i i found that out this year before the shutdown that's uh it's not easy what's your favorite club in the bag right now it's my driver right now that's not always been the case i use a tailor-made m6 and it's unbelievable how how good it goes for a guy that you know will miss the fairway quite often. Are you trunk slamming when you get to the golf course or heading straight to the range? I'm usually trunk slamming because, you know, at my advanced age, I only have so many swings in me <laughs> per day. What are you doing to pass by time on the plane? I can't sleep on planes anymore. So it's generally watching movies or, uh, or you know, kind of doing some research. Do you play a fade or a draw? I play with whatever comes off my <laughs> Ty Cats or Argos? Oski Wee Wee or Oski No No? Uh, I'm an Oski No No. I'm an Argos fan if I, if I had to pick. Uh, uh, la last one here. Favorite hole at Augusta? Oh, that's a great question. I would say. I'm going to say the first hole. Oh, I like it. I like it. And here's why it's because you're so nervous because you're playing the Masters and it's not an easy hole. And when I played Augusta, I hit a perfect drive right down the middle. We all did in, my, in our group. I hit it. I hit it on the green. I was on the right side of the green, so the pin was Sunday pin was back, like that back left, back middle. Mm -hmm. And the slope there is so ridiculous. It's such a little fun hole to play because it's so hard, and it's the first one. But like I got augusted right away because I hit it short. My caddy <laughs> says, "Don't, don't leave it short," and I did, and it goes all the way down to the front of the green. So it's uh. <laughs> There's some really nice holes at Augusta. <laughs> wasn't a warm welcome. <laughs> it was not a warm welcome. I, I, no. I just like how you made that an adjective, Augusta. Yeah. <laughs> you got Augusta. <laughs> I got Augusta right away. <laughs>
Obviously, it's really cool that that you got to play at Augusta. Mm-hmm. Um, what were kind of some of your highlights? Were did you have any key moments? What did you shoot? Yeah. Any birdies out there? I so I shot ninety four. Okay, which I was extremely happy with. I had no birdies, but mm. oh, man, I should. So again, about being Augusta. So the seventh hole was my best shot at birdie, and I hit a perfect drive. And again, we're playing just for the for everybody. We're playing about a hundred uh, about a we're playing from about 6400 from the members tees okay so in that 64 to 6500 range so we're not playing the full distance and a couple holes you are but um so on the seventh hole we're up you know obviously we're up a bit from we're not way back in the trees like the pros are but um i hit a perfect one i had a wedge in to about seven feet but it was above the hole and my caddy, me and my caddy, we had a good read on it, but I just hammered it through this break <laughs> mm. because it was so downhill. That was my, I had about a six footer and missed it, ended up bogeying because I put it 10 feet by. <laughs> um, I had, I did, but I, I, my, my highlight was I was one over on Amen Corner. So I, I bogeyed 11, part 12, part 13. Wow. And nice. actually, that's awesome. 2010 was where Phil hit it out of the trees. That's right. Yep. So I was there. So I'm like sitting there, I'm going, this is exactly it. All right, let's go. I'm going to hit this. And my, <laughs> So my caddy, Rowdy Gaines was his name. I still remember. He was amazing. And half the time I didn't know what club I was hitting. He'd just hand me a club and tell me how to hit it. <laughs> and he caddied on the web a little bit. But he was fantastic. He wouldn't let me hit the shot. He's like, here, punch it out. Don't be an idiot. And he's probably right. You got your fun. But I ended up having to just punch it out and... I hit a wedge, and again, again, being augusted, you know. Uh, so where the where the pin is on thirteen on Sunday, you know, if I hit it, I I yanked my wedge just a little bit, and instead of rolling towards the hole, it rolled away. So I was twenty five feet instead of probably being five or six feet for birdie. I had twenty five feet for birdie. Almost made it. Almost made it. I hit a good shot on twelve too. I was very happy with that. Hit it to fifteen feet, just missed the putt. So that was pretty cool. One over on Amen Corner. I'll take it. Producing events. You know, you're not you're not just in the golf world. How hard is it to produce a golf event compared to any other sport that you've done? Well, first, first for like as far as live broadcasts, um, we used to do live broadcasts for the Canadian Open way back in the day, and Canadian Women's Open. Um, it's just the the sheer amount of uh, cable to run. Hmm across a golf hole across across a golf course sorry is unbelievable like just the setup itself is so unreal and you wouldn't believe it's a it's a sight to see what watching these guys tear down i'm fortunate enough that i don't have to do tear down often mm-hmm. um, but these guys know how to set it up and tear it down quickly and it's unbelievable to watch to tell you the truth mm-hmm. um but that that just like compared to like a great cup which i've which i've done a few great cups where i've been you know, that I host, I'm the producer of the panel, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're in a confined space. You're in a confined space of a stadium golf course. There's so much real estate that you have to cover. And, you know, for us, when we were doing Canadian opens, you know, we didn't always have a, we didn't always have a camera at every hole. So we would have, so Larry Isaac was one of the great producers in this country for a long time. and was a great producer of our live golf. And, you know, he would have to like just watching him. Like I, I, I was lucky enough to get to watch him and how 
he handles a golf event and you know having to make sure they you know him and the director having to rotate cameras make sure they got an eng camera on a leader and get them there when there's no holes that we have covered and rotating the cameras you know to wherever wherever the leaders are like it's a crazy process uh to make sure that we get the shots of leaders and, and canadians and everything um and then being able to track what you're showing to make sure you're showing mm -hmm. the right people that's the big yeah. thing like you know when, when you watch a broadcast it's like there's the producer in there and and, and his ap's and everybody are, mm -hmm. are like okay did we finish this guy on this hole mm -hmm. you know you really have to pay attention and you you know you have to have a good tape department to spin back re to spin back live shots because a little secret if people don't know not every shot that they show is live <laughs> a lot of them are off yeah. tape just a moment right? ago so, just right? a moment ago you know it's either they either don't say it or they do say it but a, the majority of those shots are off tape Mm. And, you know, to have a tape department, you know, being able to and, and making sure you're you're finishing this guy's hole. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a, it's a real especially when you have a lot of people in the mix. You know, it's easy to film the last groups. It's easy to produce the last groups when they're going well. Mm -hmm. But if you have a lot of guys, if you have a major or a regular golf event where you have about eight or ten guys within your shot of the lead you know you got to make sure you're following along and it's it's a it's an undertaking you really you really have to be organized in a golf event mm -hmm. um you know like for a football game it's not, of course not easy to produce either but at least everything is right there in front of you yep one football field it's a totally different arena 18 holes yeah. mm -hmm. what's your relationship with the game right now like how often do you play where do you play who do you play with kind um, of thing I have a group of buddies that I play with mostly. Um, I got a couple of friends of mine that are members of Whistlebears, so I play. Mm. Which, uh, which you guys are in London, right? Yep, London, so, Arcona, and Hamilton. We kind of we got everybody right. surrounded. So Whistlebear in Cambridge. I don't know if you guys have ever played it, but I've, yep. I've played there quite a bit. You know, I've started to play a little bit more now. My kids are older, so last summer I played more than I had in a long time, and it was great. Um, you know, I always get around. I always get around in with with. Um, because I sometimes do the Rubber Boots podcast with James right. Duffy. Mm -hmm. yep. And um, so I always get around in with James or two. Uh, try and get around in with Weeksy at least once. Mm -hmm. um, and some other buddies, other producer buddies that we uh, that I, I like to play with. Um, I generally play around here. I play Whistlebear or Rebel mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. So uh, James will take me to his places. Um, so I've played at Weston a couple of times with Bob. Great golf club, which is which, which is a great golf course, and that's his club. I played there um, for the Canadian so M, and it was just right. amazing. I, the the yeah. practice round, they put cups in locations that you couldn't even putt to if you if you missed the hole. It was rolling down I, like twenty feet away. It was incredible. I, I'm telling you, the first time I played it, I think we we did have a caddy. I believe we were. It was probably for the Canadian M Media Day. Mm -hmm. I believe it was because we played nine at. Weston and nine at it was Lampton, right? Yep. That the yep. was the other one. So, so I remember playing the first hole, and I was on the green, on the front of the green, and the caddy said, or whoever it was that was with us, said, "Okay, you're going to want to aim it way over there." I'm like looking, I'm going, "What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. There's absolutely no way." If I I'm remember, it slopes that, so hard, like back so left hard. to front right. You, you you wouldn't believe how hard it, how far it sloped, like. He's got me playing four feet of break, and I thought it was like maybe a couple balls outside. 
And it did. It broke that much. Like, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. There's such subtleties at the, at, at uh, Weston. As we're kind of signing off with, with Jamie and we're talking about the weeks that are upcoming and hopefully the, the many exciting things that all of us will get to do this summer, including you and your team, Jamie, how do we stay positive over the next few weeks? And what are some of the things to even look forward to uh, for the golf community? Speaking from kind of behind the curtains, kind of what's the positive you can give us as we go into the summer? Well, I can't give you much positive on when we're going to play, although sure. I, did, I did hear, well, and this will probably be dated for whenever this is released, but you know, I know they continue to have, have talks with the Premier's office to try something. Um, there was a there was a little word that there might be it might open sooner than we think, but mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm almost at the point I, I you guys probably are too is you know just let me know when we're playing again <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. because it's 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 a joke and I don't want to get into the whole political thing but um, <laughs> it really is a joke when you see what's going on it's beautiful weather now mm-hmm. people are out and but you can't be on a golf course yep. with four people. They're, they're uh, out in bunches in Toronto, but our golf oh, courses are left open. Woods, like the past, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh, like, my come word. on. Exactly. It's, it's a joke, but as far as, you know, as I, I will say this about the golf world um, in the last year and a bit for, for during COVID is it's prospered amazingly. Mm-hmm. And especially yep. the professional tours, you know, not a lot of spread community spread at events, you know, you know, guys, have gotten COVID, no question about it, at events, and they've handled it properly. These guys are out, they quarantine, they do whatever they do, but it doesn't spread. It hasn't really spread to other people, mm-hmm. other players at the same tournament. You know, generally they go home for a week because yeah. they're not in a bubble when they go home. Mm-hmm. And they come back, and if you have it, you're gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the go- like that's the positive. At least we have golf to watch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sports has kind of adapted nicely. Mm-hmm. But like last summer when nothing was on, it was all golf. Yeah. And how great were those first five tournaments oh. last year on the restart when you had every single great player playing? Yep. Um, so, like, the positive is, you know, we got Canadians that are playing great. We got a guy like Corey Connors who has now put himself into a position where he is competing every week and could win every week. Mm-hmm. He's getting really close to that and even at majors. You have Brooke Henderson. Who is a bon- who is probably one of the greatest athlete, one of the great athletes in this country currently, mm-hmm. who doesn't get enough publicity in my mind. Which mm-hmm. We do no our best at TSN to get it, but like she she could win any week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not another Canadian golfer that you can say that about yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we got we got majors coming up. You know, you got even Weirsy now playing well on the Champions yeah. Tour. See so if you want to watch the Champions Tour, they got the the PG their PGA coming up. We got the PGA next week. We got the U.S. Women's Open, the U.S. Open out in California, both of them in the next couple of weeks. And then the Opens, the Opens right around the corner. Unfortunately, we're not going to get a Canadian Open. Hopefully, we get a Canadian Women's Open. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, you know, at least we have golf to watch. Yeah. And players are yeah. playing and the, the top players are playing well. And we have, it seems like we have a Canadian doing well almost weekly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, you know, I would say support. The women, like Brooke Henderson, is legit, is an absolute stud, mm. and we do a good job at TSN of 
of following her. Like she, she brings clicks. Yeah, she yeah. is a superstar, and she's such a great person too. Yeah, yeah, I, I she's think such a sweetheart. I think Jamie referred to her as a rock star the other week after she won because we we yeah. pumped her tires here mm-hmm. uh, right after she won. We were excited and said that she is she is the one for Canadian golf in, in yep. Canada here. But I I, I know in the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and just speaking about kind of watching some of the coverage and what's coming up just before we leave here, and Ben kind of ends us. Mm-hmm. I just had to ask this question. It might be a you know one of those kept secrets that you might not be able to let out, but. Are the Augusta bird chirps real, or are those are those are those, are those slid in? It's half and half. There are birds out there. There's no question. All uh, half and half. I would say half and half. They're just so magical. They just they rope you into the TV when you the hear those first. The thing is, is there's a couple places on the course that are kind of off the course. So around Amen Corner, you know, and I don't know if it, if it's been shown on the broadcast, but you know kind of beside kind of behind the left of the 11th green is like a little it almost looks like a covered bridge Mm. yep and there are bird nests on that side over there i've seen them before so they know to put a mic somewhere in that area Mm. i'm sure they do (laughs) some of it's pumped in and some of it is actual bird chirps. Well, I am so now, happy to hear there's some natural. The last two years, right? The last two masters, you've heard a lot more because there's no crowds. That's yeah, right. yeah. Um, so it was like that right there was when on in November. Sorry if I'm extending this. No, no. but in November when there were no no really no fans on the course. Yeah, that was kind of cool. So, so if you've been there. And you're walking, you're walking down towards the second green. Usually, it's just wall-to-wall fans. Yeah. So you got the you got the second green, you got the eighth tee over to the left, you got the seventh green and behind, and then on the other side is 14 and or 17, all the way down to 16 or 15. You could see all the way down to 16 hmm. hill from way back close to the ninth fairway. Cross, there's a crosswalk that goes around the ninth fairway. It was pretty cool. We were actually, when Bryson hit his drive and lost that ball on the Friday or Saturday, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and had to drive back and hit another one. On number three, We were right, right? beside him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, were, we were right beside him. And mm-hmm. you could get a little bit closer on the tee block. If you've never seen him at a tee, it's like a weightlifter getting mm-hmm. ready to weightlift. Like, he snorts and breathes and... It is hilarious. To, Getting the blood pumping. <laughs> and then he hammers it and it goes way left. Yeah. And they couldn't find it because it was plugged. Mm-hmm. And the guys, who was behind that? I think it was Finau, Reed, and Casey. They're just like, they're just laughing. And they're like, so then he starts coming back and they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was, that, that was an interesting experience to watch, you know, and especially to walk around with DJ and be so close. Mm-hmm. Um, at times, uh, like James made the broadcast. He was like one of him and him and my associate producer Puffy, Sean Cameron. That you saw him in one of DJ's shots because you don't see anybody. So the bird chirps <laughs> have been more prominent. The whole long-winded story of that was the bird chirps 
were more prominent the last couple of masters because <laughs> there were limited fans. Certainly. Well, we, we would love more of those because <laughs> it just makes it so magical. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, so, it does make it. It's, you've got a fever, and the only well, cure is yeah. more birds. When, when you when the masters rolls in, and that you know in April, and you hear the birds chirp, it just makes it just gets you ready yeah, for the, the entire year. I mean, yeah. the production that you guys put on is is fantastic, and we love hearing those stories. So, yeah, yeah. It just it just sets the tone here in Canada for us. It, That's it, right. It's kind of the beginning of our golf season, right? Yeah, so exactly. It, it teases up for the season, and I know everybody gets excited. But. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you so much, and uh, we're we're such huge fans of you and your work and your team well, here. You. So uh, we are so hoping to see you guys back in action as soon as possible. But uh, thank you for yeah. your time. I yeah, think uh, we all learn we all learn so much, and we're looking forward to connecting this summer and following your team as you guys continue. Yeah. Hopefully, we can eventually get to events again. Like the Masters is one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 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 debating the U.S. Open, but. Uh, you know, the PGA, we're covering from home, and we'll have it all next week, week wall-to-wall um, uh, PGA Championship and major, major golf season. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was fun, guys. Thanks. This was fun to share stories and uh, and talk a little golf, and uh, it's always nice. Certainly. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. Uh, cool to take a little behind-the-scenes look there, and uh, really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Happy to do it, guys. Call anytime. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. Week six, Pelpi, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Interesting topic this week. Ball in hand on the PGA Tour. We saw it in the final round in Dallas this past Sunday at the AT&T Byron Nelson tournament where uh, the conditions were so wet. We saw heavy rains throughout the tournament that the final round was deemed players were able to lift, clean, and place their golf ball. We've got we've got a difference of opinion here at the table. Jamie, you're on one side. Jacob, you're on the other. That's this week's topic. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Should the PGA Tour allow their players to lift clean in place when weather uh, creates that situation? I'm not a huge fan of lift clean in place personally for a couple of reasons. The first is golf's kind of always just meant to be play the ball as it lies, right? If you're in a bunker and you're embedded in the bunker you still have to play it i obviously know lift clean in place is is in the fairway but then kind of diving a little bit deeper it gets a little bit dicey when you start talking course records and mm-hmm. and things that go in history books so that's where i really don't like it like mm-hmm. when you hear a guy shoot is there six, an asterisk 61 on a yeah course 61 course record mm-hmm. but they don't say like ball in hand so personally i'm not a huge fan of it um bishop yeah see i agree with some of the points that i definitely agree with some of the points that you just said there like course records and everything like that but at the end of the day they got to get four rounds in weeks or long i think that they have to do it and i think at the end of the day if you hit your own fairway how many times through if it's nice conditions do you get a mud ball not very often right and just because it's wet out and you hit your own fairway you should be able to lift clean and place that because that's what's going to show who's the best ball striker, right? It's, a, it's just so unlucky to hit your own fairway, it's wet out. You've got this big mud ball. Now you're now you're that's another condition added to you, right? You gotta which way it's going to spin. So that's my angle on it because it's like who's the best ball striker in the week? You don't get many mud balls. I hear you. Um, the other thing too though is if you hit it in a divot in your own fairway, it's mm-hmm. it's tough luck, right? So true. But. Yeah, I, I, I see. I, I see how that could be a definitely. 
yeah, you hit it in the fairway. It's it's kind of another little penalty for you. But when when all the guys out there like, and there's there's that in line. What is lift clean in place and what isn't? If you if you hit the, if it's just a little soggy and you get a you don't get some mud on your ball, fine. But if you're getting a mud on your ball every shot where it's just so sopping wet and they just want to get that tournament done, I think that's when it's it's appropriate. Okay, guys, we want to get the four rounds of golf done. Everybody whose ball lands in the fairway, you're going to have mud on the ball. So let's just clean it. Let's have it the best ball striker because not the the luckiest. Who didn't get the most mud on the ball? So that it's, it, it is a fine line. When do you and when can, uh, when you don't? So All valid points. Um, just like last week, I think we're going to throw it up to the listeners again. That's right. We are going to throw it to the Instagram again for the second week. And the votes were in from last week at the Walker Cup. Uh, Jamie, they were on your side. There shouldn't be an age limit at the Walker Cup. People voted in that favor. Let the best players play. That is a wrap. Week six of the Pelt Pod. We are approaching light at the end of the tunnel with lockdown. I really do believe that. We got some positive notes from some of the friends that we got to talk to uh, today. So, Jacob, we are approaching golf season it feels good to even utter those words it was a fun episode it was good to talk with jamie and good to be with you it was a great episode and you're right golf season just feels like it's here you know when you start prepping your golf bag i feel like everybody's got their golf bag and they're ready for that call to just get to that first tee usually i open up my golf bag after uh an off season and and find a couple 20s in there and i'm pretty stoked so <laughs> let's get out on that golf course soon boys and uh, we'll talk next week thanks for listening to this week's episode of the pelt pod if you'd like to follow us on instagram or twitter at pelt pod we'd love to hear from you we'll see you next week for episode seven